Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. We have Dan here. Hello. And we have Billie Eilish hanging Hello. out in the studio. All right. What's good? What's yeah. good? Yeah. What's good? <laughs> How are you? I am doing good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How would you, uh, I, like, okay. A lot of life obviously happening. Like, uh-huh. pretty fast, would you say? Or are these big moments happening in slow motion for you? Um, It's kind of that. I mean, like, everybody's saying it's happening really fast, but, and I guess it is. But I don't know because I'm. Would you say it's happening fast? I don't know. But, by the way, your mom is the sweetest my, human. My mom is ever. laying in a beanbag as of now. <laughs> it was <laughs> comfortable. I'm so happy that you're comfy. I'll send you one of those too. We we're, we're, we connected on candles. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, I walked in. I was like, "Ooh, it smells good in here." Um, and then we started talking about Christmas trees and stuff. Um, they have a Christmas tree in this room. Yes, we do. I don't know if you know, but there's it's a little sad, little fake, little white Christmas tree in the corner. No decorations, no lights. There's a, there's a ukulele blocking part of it, so I can't even see it really. We're festive all year round. There's like a thing at the top. I don't know why. It's like a it's that is like a bow a, or a ribbon. Oh, that's a ribbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a dead animal. It's a- <laughs> anyway, but you love Christmas. You, I do you, love th- Christmas. There's a special place in your heart for the season mm-hmm. and obviously smells your mom was saying connected to memories yeah Are, you do you have a vivid sense of memory do you, when you think of things and you kind of like dissect your life do you remember every little thing or do you remember in like kind of broader strokes um for certain things i remember everything but then there are some things i don't even almost remember like but smells actually are like kind of the reason for that so yeah. If I have, you know, if something happens where there was no physical or, or you know, there was no smell or there was no, like, texture. Because I have synesthesia. And it's it's less, like, regular synesthesia. It's kind of, like, synesthesia with every single thing in my life. And if you don't know what synesthesia is for anyone, it's basically when one sense triggers another sense in your head. So, like, for instance, maybe every day of the week has a certain color. Mm. Or every number has a certain shape or like every person, you know, has a certain color or whatever. And so for me, like sometimes sometimes synesthesia is really simple and it could just be that. But for me, it's like everything in my life has a temperature, a smell, a color, a number, a shape, a day of the week, a month, a year. Like it's and it's normal for me. Like I don't think of it as anything weird. And so like with my music, even. Yeah. That's how I make music. That's how I come up with my visuals. That's how I come up with, like, artwork and the track listing and the, like, everything about everything. It's weird. So, with this album, Mm. let's just pick a random record, Bad Guy. What do you see when you hear that song? Like, how how is synesthesia connected to that? And what, what sense does that trigger? Um, well, the thing with synesthesia is that it's, like... There's really no explanation for why you feel whatever you feel about something. So, like, for instance, like, bad guy, I think of the number seven. I don't know why. I think it's because bad guy is yellow in my head and the number seven is yellow. And the ending of bad guy is this, like, red part (laughs) in my head. Like, it's red. So it's like the whole first song is this like kind of bright yellow the number seven type song and then the end is this dark red 
like thing like this big blob of energy and like i don't know i mean like i when my album came out which was march 29th which was a couple week a couple weeks ago i we had this event called the billy eilish experience which we'd been working on for like half a year which was basically bringing my synesthesia to life. to life and like letting people like step in a room that's like stepping into my brain. So like there was a song, there was a room for every single song off the album. And outside the room, there was a shape and a color and a number. And then inside it was like describing why everything is the way that it is. And then when you walk inside, every room had a certain smell. Every room had a certain temperature. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was a certain color and stuff. So <laughs> how weird is that for you to experience, dude? Is that trippy? I I I felt exposed because it's literally lit. It's literally like being in my head. Like I remember on the on the opening night, which was like the night that I went and like it was like you know friends and like celebrities, cool or whatever. people. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Like I remember I was I was kind of standing in this this i was doing some interview or something there which i i love that i have to do that even at my own party (laughs) (laughs) not that i don't love interviews but no time off for you (laughs) um but i was like standing at this at in this at one point that night and i was looking around at all these people you know having fun and and playing around in these rooms that i've created in my head that i that i think about every time i think about that song or what i was thinking about when i made that song and these people are just like in these rooms full of my brain you know and it felt so weird there was even a room in the exhibit that was kind of a clone of my room that was crazy i don't know if i like that i I don't know if i like it either there's nothing is off limits in that moment and you use the word exposed yeah totally I, i there's no other word i can really describe it was like i'm i'm exposed like because all of your thoughts are out there and nothing ends up becoming your own. Yeah. So after, and I want to dive so deep into this album and I, there's so much to d- discuss here. Mm-hmm. By the way, thank you for the energy today. It really means a lot. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, knowing all that and knowing that feeling of exposure, do you change the way you'll create the next time? Will you keep thoughts to yourself? Will you have... <laughs> Did you pull the tag off? Yeah. Thank you so much because I've been meaning to cut it off or I think I cut it off and did a bad job at it. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's better. Go on. Do you change the way you create and what you share after seeing your the inner workings of your brain in the freaking flesh? Tangible? like Ooh. It's tangible. It's crazy. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I'll change it. I mean, I think the, I think the thing that I do the most is change. Um like if you look if i even look at who i was like a year ago or less than that you know it's like the things i liked completely different the th- the the things i would say the things i wear and that's like that's with every human being you yeah. know you you change every day you know you get older every day and that's like you can't not get older every day and you can't not change and i think a lot of the time when you when you know one finds themselves um you know getting some sort of success or whatever with one thing they do they're like i can't do something else like this is it like i can't you know this is the only thing that people are going to care about so let me keep doing this forever and it's like 
no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to just appeal to one person and that person only for the rest of my life, you know, or that group of people or that, you know, style or whatever. You know, I I want to be able to go. I want to be able to put 14 people in a room and have them, you know, listen to my song with 14 songs, <laughs> listen to my album with 14 songs on it. And all of them will at least like one song, you know, 14 people who have completely different tastes. One person likes this kind of music or this or this or this or this or this. And every single one, I want them to be able to like at least one song. If Even if they hate everything else. If they like one thing, that's what I want, you know? Because I want everybody to be able to, to love something. I don't want it to just be like, only people who like this will like this artist. So what is the Billie Eilish genre? Is it your voice? Is it who you are? Is that the common thread? I, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess it's who I am. You know, I don't, I don't even know. I don't be knowing. <laughs> I don't be knowing. <laughs> if anybody knows, tell her. I yeah, I, honestly. I mean, I think that's up to the listener for real. Like, it's just like. Whatever you think it is is what it is. So that's a real goal of yours moving forward. You want to be able to create an album that has a song that appeals to all different likes and tastes. Yes. Yeah. You're going to bring people together. That's the goal. <laughs> special stuff. <laughs> it really is. Do you see what you're doing as special? Do you do you understand the impact on culture and people that your art has? Um Yeah. Yes. But no, <laughs> like, yes, but also like, why? <laughs> like, I know why I do it and why I love it. But why do these other people like it? It's like shocking to me. Zach Show. Yo, beautiful human. If you're ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you don't see the train or it looks like it's moving slow and you're thinking maybe you can get across the tracks before the train comes. Think about this. In 2018 alone, 270 people were killed at railroad crossings. 270. Stop. Trains can't. This message was paid for by NHTSA. Zach Show. Are you questioning why people love your music or why people have are fans in general? No, not even that, because I'm a fan. Yeah, you, you know, are. I know why. But it's like, more like, why me in the best way possible not like oh why me poor me more yeah. like why am i the chosen one why well, you know and I, like especially things that have been happening in this last week like things that if i told my 12 year old 11 year old self like i i and I feel like that's something people say a lot. Like, oh, my 12-year-old self, if I told them that what I'm doing now, they'd be like, da 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 but, but it's like I can't even almost fathom telling myself that then about anything that's been happening recently. And, like, my mom can vouch for that because if I was told then about the things that have happened and where I'm at right now and, like, the things I've seen and the things I've done and the people I know and everything, like... I don't think I would be able to breathe, honestly. I don't think I would be able to breathe or move or do anything at all. I think I would be stuck and, you know, in in half the best ways possible and pretty bad ways too, you know? Which is really crazy to think about. <laughs> I, your answer gave me goosebumps because <laughs> it, 
it shows a real sense of being grounded and appreciating what you have in front of you Ugh. because it is it it's opportunity it's your voice your art is being heard and pe- I don't know. Like you can lose sight of that, and it can yeah, be, it's easy to lose sight of yeah. it. Yeah. Has there been a moment so far where you felt yourself losing sight of it? Mm-hmm. Who reels you back in? Who wakes you up? Uh, I mean, that's it's a really hard thing to get out of. Um, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I get out of it. I really don't. I don't know how I like. And the thing is that that no matter what anybody tells you about how great you are or how bad you are, nothing is going to be anything until you actually feel it. And it's like, I don't mean that with, like, love. I mean that with, like, strength and, like, believing that you are something. Because I don't think you have to love yourself. I think you should, you should, you know, have love for yourself. But I don't, I don't think, like, there's a whole thing about, you know, make sure you love yourself before anyone else. And you do this, you know, you love, you, everyone has to love yourself or da, 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 da. And I, I think it's great to love yourself and, and you should take care of yourself. But I don't think you need to love yourself to be able to do things in life. I think as long as you're there for yourself and you respect yourself. That's what it is. I don't think you need to, you know, I don't know. I think it's just such an overly said thing that everyone has to love themselves. And I think, and I don't mean don't love yourself. I I just mean there's this weird kind of thing that people are now like made to feel like, oh, if I don't love myself, I can't do anything or I can't love anyone. And it's not true. Sometimes you need other people to make yourself love you. If you're stuck with yourself, it's like, what the f- I can't do this shit. This is annoying. You know, but it's like, if you just, I don't know. No, it's the truth. I, because I loving know. yourself is a process, right? And I, I think through new experiences, through loving somebody else, mm. through, through going through life, you then learn to love yourself. Exactly. Because you learn new things about yourself. Exactly. But you can't hold yourself back from taking on new challenges and living life and waiting for the day that you're going to start loving yourself because loving comes as you go. Exactly. You can't you can't just randomly you can't meet somebody and love them before you know them. I mean, you can, but it's not like you can't expect that to happen. And so you can't expect that to happen with yourself. You can't just be like okay, I can't do anything until I love myself. That's not going to help you. <laughs> At all, especially if you really don't love yourself. That's really not going to help you. And it's like, I love myself. I really do. But I also have a lot of issues with myself. And the only way I'm going to, you know, I don't know, make them, my make myself stronger and make myself happier is if I go out and do things that are going to do that. I'm not going to sit in my room all day and eventually love myself. Yeah, wait, <laughs> wait for the, the clock to strike whatever. Yeah, I'm, that's not going to work. That's no. not going to work. You got to get to know yourself You have by to doing do things. things in the world. You have to do go, go Go break a fence or something. I don't know. <laughs> it starts with breaking fences. Honestly, I've broken, like, I've broken like three fences. Is that something you've done? No. I feel like I've done that a lot. <laughs> Actually, maybe once. <laughs> I, I'm getting this weird flashback to this kid, Phil, his mom yelling at me for breaking his fence one time <laughs> in middle school. I feel like everybody's broken a fence. I feel like I... 
I really did break fences a lot, though. It's weird. Like we, choice or running into No, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like... I don't know. I I feel like the first time it was... I was, like, in a park, and I was just climbing on it and, like, jumping on it, and it broke, and it fell over and stuff. And, like... <laughs> Couldn't handle I don't know. I learned a lot from it somehow. <laughs> I don't know. You you broke you brought down a divider. That is, I'm just <laughs> saying, right. a, true. A symbol for the future. True. That's true. You grew up homeschooled. Yeah. Did that shape who you are and who you will be? Because I, yeah, I had to have right. Yeah. How, okay. What is the biggest? What's the biggest lesson you learned from being homeschooled and having to be a self-motivator, having mm. to spend all this time with your siblings? Did, mm. did you teach yourself? Did your mom teach you? Um, yeah, my parents taught me. But I, I mean, listen, I have never been to school, so I can't tell you why it's better or worse than school. I can't tell you that, you know, it's different in this way or it's different in that way because I've literally never been in a school. I, I went, I stepped foot in the first high school ever that I've ever stepped foot in like a week ago. Oh my God, how'd how it feel? Felt like a movie set. I was like, ugh, <laughs> where are the annoying high school actors? <laughs> like, where are the jocks at? Where are the, where are the jackets with the writing and shit? <laughs> um, Show me a nerd with suspenders and tape <laughs> on the glasses. I literally like it was really fun because I did I did a show at this like um, Cleveland s school. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I did a show there and I I stepped foot in the like hallway and I was like, like Ew. I was like, whoa! It's like stale. a hallway, like a school, like crazy. I've never I had never stepped foot in one. It was really fun though. They were super sweet. Does any part of you? Want to one day maybe experience that? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, dude. I get it. You know what? Like, there are a lot of different ways of homeschooling, and a lot of people do it differently. I think everyone really does it differently, unless you're, like, doing it with other people. But, you know, some people have tutors come to their house and, and like, sit down at a table and work for yeah. however many hours. Some people have like classes they go to or they have a certain teacher or they have their parents give them homework and stuff and then they sit and they do it and ugh, I don't even know. And then there's like people who do like no school where it's literally just not school. Yeah. And I mean with with our family I think it was like it was it was more and my mom could speak to it but it was it's more like it was learning things being schooled through life. So like, you know, my mom was an amazing cook and baker and so when you know we she'd have me cook with her and we'd make like you know whatever we'd make and she'd be like how much you know how many halves are gonna make this amount or you know how much is gonna go into this to make this and that's how I learned math Love you know it. and then I learned you know um like and then my dad is like a carpenter kind of and he would build things and he would say you know how much how you know how wide does this have to be if we want it to do this and this and this? And that's how I learned, you know, everything that I learned was through things in my life, which which is more memorable because it's actually telling you why it's that way. I feel like there's so much in school. And again, I've never been to school, so I can't say anything. But I feel I like, I'll, right. I'll tell you. From what, I, from what I've seen is there's a lot of memorize this, memorize this, memorize yeah. this. And you kind of say why. And they don't tell you why. This is, you just have to do it, and that's that, and this is the answer, and there's no reason for why it's the answer, but this is the answer, and remember that. 
How are you supposed to remember something if you're not given a reason why? Exactly. None of it's attached to life. Nothing is practical. It's, yeah. yeah. It, there's no, like, there's nothing to grasp onto. You know how there are, like, ways of memorizing things? Like, you mm. have to, like, you know, if you want to memorize a number, you think of, you know, like, the, the, the alphabet. There's a song yeah. for it so <laughs> that we can memorize it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just, like, A, B, C, D, E, F. How are we supposed to memorize it if we don't know the song? You got to sing it. And <laughs> Honestly. You're, and you're going to know math because you, you did it while you were cooking. Because I did it while I was cooking, so I understand why. You know, I'm, like, I'm learning about where things are now from driving. I'm not, like, my mom isn't, like, when I'm little pointing to things and saying, this is here and this is here and this is here. And I'm, like, how am I supposed to know what any of that means if I don't go, if I don't you know, live it, do it, you know, Uh, I don't even know. Your mom also taught you how to write songs. Is that true? Yeah, she did. And my dad taught me how to like play instruments. Whoa. So did you have you, you you and Phineas learn at the same time? Um, the same time, four years apart. (laughs) Same same age. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. So yeah, because you grew up watching your brother play in a band, but you wanted to be a dancer. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up with your type of person. Somebody, were you into dance? Like, did you Mm -hmm. do it competitively? I did actually, yeah. Yeah, you give up a lot of life for that. Yeah, uh, give uh, up a lot of of uh, healthy working limbs too. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I was a tap dancer. I was too. Yeah. Were How you did, great? I bet you were good. I was pretty good. I was fired. I had some happy feet style moments uh-huh. in my life. Not gonna lie, and <laughs> I, I was coveted because I grew up in New Jersey and I was tap dancing, and they were like, "Oh my God, there's a boy here doing this. We must use him for everything." Yeah, that's how it goes. And I watched a lot of people give up limbs, give up a lot of moments in their life for dance competitions, dance practice, uh. rehearsal. But you understood commitment from an early age because of how much that took. Yeah. What What injury led to you piecing out? Um, when I tore my growth plate in my hip, Ooh. which is like, you know what a psoas is? No, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it sounds like vital. Yeah, it's this little evil thing in my, in like right in here that is, I didn't even know what it was until like a couple, like last year because I'm like doing all this physical therapy and stuff still. Um, but, uh. The one that took me out for real, for real, was, um, yeah, I tore my growth plate in my hip. So basically, the bone in my muscle separated from. Oh, mama, I'm sorry. I mean, the bone from my the bone separated from the muscle. So it was kind of just like a. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Made that exact noise. Yeah, and um, the thing is that I've my whole life been prone to injuries. Like it's <sighs> so bad. Like, since I was really little and now still, like, I am I have this horrible pain here and in my lower back and in my shoulder and in my neck. And I'm, I've, I don't know why, dude. I'm, like, f***ing 17 and my body is, like, broken. And it has been for, what? I am very flexible. My back is, like, and... That is, your mom is 100% right. You do all those, like, when you walk around on your freaking legs <laughs> yeah. like a backwards crab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you do all these weird things. Like, that's you, you. Yeah. I got, I got way too flexible elements of myself. And, you know, like, my splits are way insane. And I used to be able to, like, you know, kind of be in my splits kind of like that with oh. my foot up on something. Yeah. I can still do it. <laughs> but don't. But I'm not going to. But, like, you know, I've sprained this ankle, like, six or seven times i sprained this ankle like twice i had tendonitis in this foot i woke up with it nothing even happened and it's like i mean i've said this before that it's like you know when when you 
you maybe, you know, you're skiing. Like, someone could be skiing and then get an injury and break their leg or something, yeah. and then they have a broken leg, and that sucks. But at least it was from something. My interviews have all... My interviews... <laughs> Your injuries. My injuries. <laughs> my injuries have always been from nothing. Literally, like, nothing. I mean, obviously, it's from something in my body. But... There's nothing that I can blame it on. I get it. Besides yeah. myself. There's no one, like, action that caused Yeah, I can't injury. be like, oh, yeah, I fell off of something. Or I fell into blah, blah, blah. I tripped on that. I did that. I fell off a blank. I ran into this. And it's my whole life it's been like that. I woke up with tendonitis, you know. I Are you going to the doctor? People I've been up to on the you? doctor. I've been to so much physical therapy for years and years. I've had, like, oh, it's so bad. I mean... On this last tour I was in when I was in Europe, I sprained this ankle twice in the first week. Whoa. I threw my neck out and then I got shin splints in both of my legs. Does it have anything to do with all the jumping you do on stage? Yes. <laughs> Your mom is cracking up back there. It does. Whenever I see you perform, I'm like, she's gonna hurt herself. Dude. <laughs> well, yes, but it's not it's just like it's like uh No, you wanna be seventeen and invincible, which you and deserve I am to be. So not I am in so much pain. This neck is this this shoulder neck situation is so painful. My right. hip over here is you wouldn't even believe it. So do you feel like you have to change how you perform so you don't like nope. I mean you're only what? seventeen. No. So. I'd rather die. That's, ra- okay. But that's that's the- why it's so bad. <laughs> because I would rather not do a show than do a crappy version. Honestly. For myself and for the, the audience. Like I you know, there was on my last tour when I had shin splints and I had a sprained ankle and I threw up my neck and everything. Like, there was a moment, I think it was in, it was in Manchester, where I was in so much pain that it was the first time I've ever thought that I had to cancel a show. Because, not because, oh, I'm too, I'm in too much pain to cancel a show. It was more like, I can't do the show I want to. I can't give you the show that I want to give you. And it's like, that's the worst part because the thing is that my favorite part about all this is the shows. And that's the only reason I do tour. Trash. But it's great though because I love shows. So that's why I do it is for the shows. But then it's like, if I can't do the show how I want, then it's just a very bad, dark place. Because you don't want to let yourself down. I do not want to let myself down. I will beat my ass if I let myself down. But that's also attached to you feeling like you let the audience down, right? Yes. And didn't give them a show that they deserve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's passion and commitment. Yeah. You understand what's on the line. Yes. What is on the line? Well, it's weird because people say, and they might be, I don't know, people, you know, my team and stuff, and people have said, like, that I could literally go out on the stage and lay on the floor for an hour and the audience would be perfectly fine with it. That's what they've said. Because it's, you know, there are some, those those kids are amazing and they are just there to have fun. And it's like, they're not going to be, they're not going to be mad at me, you know. They just want to have fun with you in the same room as you. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, like it's the same thing that's like, you know, people ask, people think, there's like a whole thing about like girls who wear makeup, like you're only wearing makeup for guys. Da, da, da. No, they're not. They're wearing it for themselves. Yeah, to feel good. You know, you you get you get your nails done for you. The f- you you get your makeup fire 
and looking sick as hell for you. You're not doing that for anybody. I don't dress for anybody. I dress for myself. I look the way that I look for myself. I'll spend a whole day alone in a house and I dress the way that I dress. Still. You know? No. I wear all the chains that I wear alone. <laughs> Just this massive echoing clinking of you yes. in the end of the house walking around. <laughs> this for nobody but me. Just trying to do chores. Yeah. And as much as my shows are for everybody else, they are also for me. Yeah. And it is my happy place. And it is my, like, you know, peace and joy. And I don't want to f*** it up. I don't want it to look stupid. I get it. You, I, say, I get well, it. you say these shows are like everything, but you, you posted before the Europe trip, like, I don't want to go or take me home, whatever, on Instagram. True. So is it, <laughs> what, do, what is it? Do you, like, do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it a combination of both? The shows aren't even a question when I'm saying I want to go home. When I want to go home, it's because of tour, because that shit is rough. And also I was injured, and then it's like, I'm on tour, not even doing the show I want to do. So it's just a bunch of miserable shit at, at once. Um, but the the main difficult thing is like um, leaving everyone that you love. Because it's like, you know when... I feel like people don't really think about it the same way. Because like, you know when you... When someone goes off to college, it's like the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, like, they all they pity themselves forever. And they're like, oh, my best friend is at college. My girlfriend is at college. My boyfriend is. Like, I'm like, I'm gone for, like, all of the whole year, basically. Cry for me. Like, but no, no but don't cry it. for me. Because it. it's, I'm not trying to pity myself because <laughs> it is fire. But it's just, like, it is really difficult to leave the people that you love, that, you know, you want to spend your whole life with. And it's, like. Uh, I don't know. It's also like when you're gone, everybody gets used to you being gone. Life does not stop. Yeah. And that's how it should be. You know, it's same with when people die. You know, you can't, you can't just mourn for the rest of your life. You can keep it in your heart and you can keep it in your head, but you can't let it ruin every single thing in your life and nobody should that's how it works everything has to move on when someone dies when someone moves away when somebody leaves or you know isn't like breaks up with you or whatever the whole thing about life is you have to move on you have to let things be the way that they are and try to be as happy as possible with the circumstances but it's like <sighs> when i leave like, I remember saying before I left, I think the last time I left was the hardest because it was just, like, everything at home and with everybody I, you know, that's in my life was so perfect. And I felt like if I left, it would just... Go away? Yeah, because it's happened before. And, and you know, I'd, I kind of would say, like, you guys are going to... Or not you guys, but just, like, people are going to forget about me and stuff. And it's, like, everyone's, like, nobody's going to forget about you. And I don't mean... And the thing is, they don't understand... People don't understand what I mean by that. Obviously, nobody's going to forget Billy. <laughs> the f you, you can't. <laughs> Even if you drop. <laughs> no, but it's... it's, it's I it's more about life moving on and you not being there to to, to experience it with them. And it's yeah. unfair of you to ask them to hold back yeah, living. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the thing. Like, I'm not... I can't expect anyone to just be like, oh, Billy's gone. We have to cry for a whole month and then she's back and we're happy now. You can't do anything. I can't do that. I have to... 
But that's what's difficult. And it's literally you can't change it. And that's why it's hard. It's something that has to be that way. And that's it. That's that. You know, there's no changing it. And it's like, not that you're going to forget about me, but you're going to get used to forgetting about me. You're going to get used to me not being here. Obviously, I'm going to be on your phone. I'm going to be everywhere you look and on billboards. And not the same. You can't forget about me like that, but you can forget about my presence and you can forget about my voice and the way that I say things and the way that I move, you know? That gave me goosebumps because the one thing that I've seen true with a few of my friends who are in the same business and have to leave for yeah. those lengths of time, yeah. doesn't matter how much money you have, it's a really hard problem to fix. You can't fix it. No, it does. You could have all the money for all the private jets in the world and be able to fly people in and out. It's still not going to be the same. It's not. And it's like also other people have to do. Yeah, they can, that. that yes. people, other people have a job as much as this is my job. Other people have a job. You know, I'm, you know, even for my for the summer tour for the U.S., like I'm taking as many friends as I possibly can. But it's like be, because I literally told my team, I was like, I can't do this without it. I'm really? not I can't do this. Because it's not, I'm I'm unhappy doing this without the people that I love. Because I've also always been the kind of person that needs a group of people with me all the time. Like, I like traveling in a pack of people forever. I've always had, like, a friend group. I'm so Never right a good you. friend group, but actually. But a group. But a group. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, a, a point where I had a good one, maybe. And, like, right now, like, I think I do. But it's, like, or it's, like, people that I just, like, with and that fuck with me i think so it's like it's raw Does, is so your I'm, filter different though looking for friends today or bringing adding people to uh, the group yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you, you i got, don't be knowing you got a bull squash f meter uh like, what bull squash like the f is that can you send somebody's bull <laughs> from a mile away <laughs> uh i wish i could it's very difficult to figure out who the f is who out here like or what they're trying to do you know like what is what are your intentions here you know and i just mean like people not even like with me like just like what is it business is it friendship right i don't even you know is it where you are trying to go where are you trying to get where are you trying to leech off of me or whatever um but i think i have people in my life right now that are that actually really care about me and that i just love to my core um but so, like, you know, I'm, I'm making it a very big, I think, priority to actually take people with me. And also, you know, I have, I have a couple friends that are artists that, like, you know, Khalid takes his friends with him on tour. And I remember when he started doing that, I just was like, I need to do that. Because I know myself and I know how I work and how I get unhappy and how I get happy and, like, that was always something I really wanted to do. And the fact that he did it and he figured out a way to do it, I just was like, I need to do that for myself because I know that he needed to do it for himself. So I'm working on it. We're trying to do that for the summer. You're going to have the time of your life. I think so. I, 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 I know so. I have friends who did tour without friends and then fr friends who did tour with oh, friends. Yeah. Dude, for the I've difference. done it for like a couple days at some points with like yeah. one person. Whew. It feels great. It's great. It's, you all, yeah. You have your ride or die. I do. Um. Okay. I have a, there's a lot here, and we've covered a lot so far. What are you thinking right now, Dan? I'm going to use you for a second just to uh, let me reorganize my thoughts. I know we have to wrap soon. We have wanna, five minutes. I want to talk about Coachella. Mm. Uh, what happened? Was it uh, all the good girls go to hell? You forgot some lyrics? <laughs> Dude, I was so excited to do that song. That, you know what's crazy? I was just talking about this on the car ride over here that 
All the Good Girls Go to Hell was the worst song off the album when we were making it. It was horrible. It was like the worst thing ever. Everything about it was bad. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be so bad. I loved the lyrics. I loved the song. But there was just something there that I was like, this is horrible. And me and my brother both said this. Like we were both like, why is it like that? Like we could not figure out why it was bad. And eventually we did and we made that fire. What changed it? I don't even know. Honestly, I, I was trying to think about it. I don't know. It just got good. And and I've been so excited to do it live since we got it to that point. And it's like one of my favorite ones now because it's like that chorus on the two, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I was so hyped to do that song especially at coachella with the visuals and everything and it's all the earth people there are into it yeah dude and i was so excited and and it was great and then it got to the second verse and i started thinking about something else and then i just was gone would you would you think about that's actually true see because the thing is that the screens weren't Something was off with the screens before the set, so they delayed it 45 minutes. Yeah. And everybody blamed that on me when literally I was standing there behind the stage. Like, can we go? Like, I was like, I want to go on the stage. I literally, I'm telling you, everybody, all the dancers were with me. They were all, we were all just like standing in my area. And I, I kept asking my tour manager, Brian, I was like, what the f***? I was like, can I go on stage? And he didn't even, he was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, they're... There's something, but nobody would tell me what was wrong. And so, you know, as as amazing as the articles have all been, which has been amazing, like they all they all still say like, you know, she went on 45 minutes late. And some people said like I had like a break. I'm oh, like, dude, out. I was standing behind the stage for 45 minutes, Itching like ready on. with my in-ears in. I was holding the mic. I was literally like so excited. My heart was racing the whole time. I was like ready to go on immediately. And nothing, we just waited for 45 minutes, and then finally we do it. And the screens didn't work. <laughs> I'm like, we're for real? Like, all that for nothing. For real? But they worked really hard. They were busting their asses. You could see there was dudes, like, climbing up on it. It'll be amazing this weekend. It'll be all good. It'll be fixed. But since it was a delay and everything, we had to cut two songs, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, I feel like. What'd you cut? We had to cut Zanny and When I Was Older. Oh. Zanny's a great record. Zanny, thank but you. Really beautiful. Um, what is it about them? I must be missing something. They just keep doing nothing. And then you go on, I can't afford to love someone who isn't dying by mistake. I mean, powerful. Mm. And and the production and those drums, mm. I mean, all of it together. Mm. Your vocals at the end. Um, what do you think about when you sing that song? What, what space do you go uh, to? Oh, God. I go to like a cloudy hole <laughs> like a beautiful i don't i love that song i loved it right when we made it you know immediately like we wrote it on just piano loved it immediately then we went to production loved that immediately there was never a moment when me and Phineas were making that song where we were like uh. you knew it was good every step of the way to us. Like, it was like... Why is that? Is it because it was a story that needed to be told? 
it was everything about it. It was like I I can't honestly I can't even describe it. That that song like just the lyrics are one thing, but just the song as a whole, the song in general, yeah. you know, the melodies and the chords and the bass and the drums and the distortion and the the like broken and raw vocal at the end which I was crying at the end of like it just uh I don't and I was I'm telling you dude when we were backstage because they were like we're probably going to have to go on a little late because of some weird thing they were like what's the first song that you'd be a comfortable cutting and if we have to choose a, a second song also that you'd be comfortable like first choices worst thing to say to you and i that would be easy back in the day when i had you know five like what what set list of 12 yeah and there was like a couple that i didn't really care about i i love them but like you know it wasn't yeah. like i whatever and i i literally sat in my trailer staring at the set list for so long at every single title every single song and i just was like i i i there was no song i wanted to cut that was a first that was a first that i didn't want to cut a song that's the first time i've ever felt that way there's always been a song that i was like uh you know even if i like it i still was like uh, i don't they don't really like it you know i don't really want to do it da 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 I could not. It's an important message that song has. And that obviously for that Coachella crowd gets people going, tells mm-hmm. them a story that they need. Because it is about safe drug use. That's mm-hmm. what you've said, right? Yeah. It's really. And when I was exquisite. older, the visuals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it this week. That, Don't worry about it. It'll be better this week. Wow. That is the, that is the ultimate hype. <laughs> it is. You, by the way, just going back real quick, and I know we got to wrap it up. Ocean Eyes, you made that record. That really s- sets you up. You made that record thinking about lyrical and contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. Did dance play a role in the creation of When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? I think subconsciously it did. But I think also in general with all my music, it always has. Because, you know, as I, I, I grew up as a dancer. I grew up finding music through dance you know, always, always wanting to choreograph a dance to the songs that I liked. I remember there was a song called Breathe Into Me by Marion Hill that I was in love with when I was like, I think 11 or 12. No, I think I was 12. And I choreographed a whole dance to it in my yard. And I... I would do that to tons of songs, like all my favorite songs. I would make my own dances up. You know, I would, I'd film myself doing random dances to stuff because that's what, that's what music made me want to do. It made me want to sing and it made me want to move and dance. And, you know, in making Ocean Eyes, that song initially came about because my dance teacher asked me to make a song. Which you know? is so weird. Which is so crazy. I wonder how that dude feels. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, because I've seen him since and it's like, he's just like, this is crazy like because it's like it what that you know into i don't even know and i think like you you it's not a real song if you can't move to it if you can't dance to it 
is there something special about your parents' house where you created this album? And is that something that you never want to change throughout your creative journey? The house? Yeah. Because uh, you make the songs in your house, right? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it was until a little bit kind of recently because some creepy stuff has been happening oh, because sorry. people know my address. I'm really sorry because there's memories and there's energy in that house. It's really, really um, That's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair at all. Um, especially because it's like, it doesn't matter. We don't have to go into that. Yeah. But no, that that house is like my house. Like that, it's where I, I've never moved, you know? I've, I grew up there. That's where I did everything. That's where I lived Obviously, I've never not lived there. That's always been home, always. And we've always made everything ever in my brother's little tiny bedroom, you know, right next to my bedroom. And there's writing all over the walls in my room that's like random lyrics, random thoughts of mine, you know, random shit. There's writing all over Phineas's walls. He has, it's, he doesn't write on his walls because he's a very clean person also. <laughs> he, he has like a, What's it called? Whiteboard. Yeah, he's like whiteboard paint on his wall. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. So Which can... was such a cool idea. I remember when he got it, and I was like so jealous. And and so you can write with like a race marker, and then you can like erase it. But yeah, he he's always written on all over his walls anyway, too. Do you want him to be a constant creative partner for you? Yeah. Do you think of the day of creating a song without him? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't... I don't think either of us think of this as, like, we're not against not working with each other, but we're not against working with each other. Like, it's I like, it. there's no, it, there's never like, oh, we have to work together on this. We can't not. Like, that's, because then it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know, because it's like, I write my own stuff all the time that I write alone and he writes his own stuff all the time that he writes alone and you know then we'll write together and then whatever and it's like there's there's never like oh I have to write you know we both have to write this now or you have to write this now or I have to write this no, now it's, it's just literally what we feel and it's completely organic and it's like you know I'm not gonna say we will never not work together but I'm not gonna say we're gonna not work together at some point because I'm just we're just like living in it and we're like doing what we're doing and that's that. And, and you know, it's like if it's not broken, don't fix don't it. Fix it. By the way, living in it is one of the reasons why I think people connect with your art so deeply mm. is because it's authentic. You're living in it. And even the songs that are fiction, you know, records like Bellyache or the one you wrote based on Sherlock, mm. like it, you're an incredible storyteller. You and Phineas, you bring these stories to life and it's the perfect balance of just lyrics that are complex yet simple and production that is that matches it perfectly right like mm -hmm. simple in the best ways to allow the lyrics to shine and give them life but that production it, there's like a, a drum in bellyache that sounds like thunder like it it, it strengthens the story so exquisitely mm. special stuff <laughs> truly um really cool <laughs> top to bottom thank you um this moment right now it is wednesday april 17th 2019 you were 17 years old today how does billy eilish want to be remembered uh 
Are those nipples on that shirt? Uh, no, they're beards. They're what? They're beards. <laughs> <laughs> I brought in. Those op- look like crazy hairy nipples. I wish. <laughs> I have a boob lamp though. You do? Yeah, it's a lamp that's covered in boobs. That's sick. I want one. I'll send that to you too. That's hard. Yeah. Um. What do I want to be remembered for? You don't need to answer if you don't know. I yet. don't know. I don't know. You can come back to me later. I really don't know. You excited to turn eighteen later this year? Yes. But also no, because it's cool to be young. Not like it's cool to be young, but like it. It's like you know, you're an adult for so long. Yeah. <laughs> And you're a kid and it's like done, you know? It's weird. Like, why isn't it half and half? I don't, that's what I don't understand. Why aren't you a kid for half your life and then an adult for half your life? You know, because you're only a kid for like, I don't know when the kid cutoff is, but. Different for everybody. That's true. Would you say you're an adult now? My life is. My life has been an adult. There's definitely there's a kid screaming outside. <laughs> that is weirdly timed. <laughs> um, my no, yeah, my life has been an adult's life for like three years. So I don't know what you expect. <laughs> I don't know what anyone expects like me to have like a. I don't know. It's weird, dude. You keep living your keep living you. You can't I do am, anything else. I am. I am in a dream. I don't think you're really living you. You cut back on those Instagram stories, the funny ass ones. <laughs> like what? You used to post some funny things on Instagram like a year ago, and it seems yeah. like you've cut back. I have. Because the internet be saying some dumb shit. I'm like, I'm going to keep this funny shit to myself. You don't deserve it. <laughs> Honestly. This the, is for me. No, for real. Like, the internet doesn't deserve my funny ass. <laughs> for real. They don't. It's some on there. Sheesh. God, I make one joke, and it's like, <laughs> Jeez. She's, she's crazy. She's toxic. This is a horrible person. Rotten hell. Pro- problematic. I'm like, damn, I made a joke. She's funny. Like, calm down. I literally deleted Twitter because that. I made the funniest joke. The funniest joke. I don't even regret it. People dragged me for, like, months. What was it? <laughs> You're not going to do that. No, I'm not going to. See, because it was fl- funny and the internet doesn't deserve it. It's why comedians get such a yeah. weird reaction. You know, when, when like, some... You know, an artist like in the in the music business dates a comedian or something, then all those fans are like, because all com- comedy is is like being horrible and it's hilarious. Truth. You know, mm-hmm. like that's why The Office is funny, dude. If The Office came out today, it would be Yo, so. Offended. I think that all the time. Is and there- they're all like, oh, I wish, I wish they'd make a new season. I'm like, dude, you guys would be peeing yourselves yeah. because you're so offended by. My final, my final question to you is, which Office character do you most relate to? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I did a personality test the other day, and may, I'm hoping I answered the questions wrong, but I have the same personality type as Michael Scott. Okay. Fire. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's a, an insult, but no. <laughs> Hopefully f- without all the racist yes. all he, that he says. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like scary. It's like crazy. It's- Oh, that's true. But he means well sometimes. Anyway. Well, they made him in such a character that's like, you feel for him and you have so yeah. much love for him, but you're also like, this dude is horrible. But he's so <laughs> great, though. Dude. It's conflicting. Dude. Steve Carell, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an incredible Ten. human. <laughs> Billie Eilish, we end on that note. I know everyone's going to come. Can I ask one no. question real quick? I've wanted to ask this forever. Oh, go. How do you feel about people calling you an industry plant? Oh, 
Okay, you know what? It's... I just want to hear the reasons why that's said. Because I could understand it for somebody that, you know... I don't want to name names because I actually don't believe in the industry plan because it's actually impossible to make somebody genuinely successful mm-hmm. like and it be fake. I agree. You can you can get famous and it can be fake, but you can't actually have people love you and like cherish you and have art that's really good. That's it. You can buy and the be, idea of fame. Yeah, and I I understand I understand the the like What's the word? The phrase or whatever? Yeah, the term phrase, whatever. You know, it would make sense if if my mom was some, like, crazy famous, you know, model or actress or singer or something. Then it would make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> I love my mom. And my mom is insanely talented and an amazing actress and an amazing songwriter. And I learned how to play music and how to write music from her. I learned from my dad how to you know play the piano and play the ukulele but they're they're nobodies (laughs) i love you mom but you agree we've talked about this before because where is the end where's the plant where's the where's the seed bro who put where'd you put it like i'd love to be an industry plant i would love to have not worked hard for this i would have loved that You know, Mm -hmm. to not do anything. But the thing is, even industry plants work really hard. People that are born into families. And it's like, that's not fair. You can't. That's not fair that that anybody that was born into a rich family or into a famous family is automatically an industry plant. That's not fair. They don't. They're just they were born. They didn't choose to be born. They deserve their own show. You know, and it's like. Also, like people think industry plants are like, you know, like record labels getting together and saying like who's gonna be the right look for blank and like let's let's do this and then put this here and like make all these fake da 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 and it's like <sighs> they you couldn't do that if you tried Not, you can't do that and I don't think you can you fake can't, what you're doing no you can't fake this like is... raw <laughs> yeah and it's like I respect everybody's opinion go ahead and think I'm an industry plan I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing just fine. But it's like, it's just weird to me. Because it's like, it doesn't, I was going to say something and it's going to be great. I don't remember what I was going to say though. Uh, They're going to kill me in the corner if I don't I know they are. Up. He's doing this. He's been doing this for like 40 minutes. I know. Um, what the f- was I going to say? Um, While you do that, I'm going to tell everybody, listen, when all when we all fall asleep, where do we go? It deserves your ear times a thousand. It does. I f*** with you, Billie Eilish. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving us time and energy and f***ing with us. Do you remember what you wanted to say? Final I'm going to remember it like when I leave. Okay. And it's going to be drive me insane. Hold on. Just give me a second. Okay. It's about the industry plant. Ah. Oh. You can call in. Yeah, call, call I us. I can call it in. <laughs> Billie Eilish, it. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Really. Love you deep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.